0: Hey, it's Jay. And and just a heads up, we are hard at work making new episodes of Three Clips. I can't wait till you see what we have planned uh, because we are continually refining the show, working on the rundown, the structure, how we're going to actually execute on dissecting different shows or rather having people we admire dissect their own show with us. Um, It's incredible how willing people are to take us inside of their hard work. Maybe it's just cathartic for them too, like it is for us and, and very revealing. I mean, how often as a podcaster do you get to feel like You have your very own Inside the Actor's Studio. It's kind of what we want to make three clips into Inside the Actor's Studio meets Song Exploder for podcasts. So, anyway, while we're hard at work producing new episodes, I wanted to re air one of the most popular episodes we've ever done. It does not involve a guest. It was one of those things, probably during quarantine, if memory serves me, one of those episodes that I just put together quickly because. Inspiration struck and life was chaotic. So why not just go ahead and publish that episode because you feel that spark? I mean, what is a podcast if not this constantly nagging project that you're always worried you're not quite getting to enough and you always have to fill some kind of spot in your mind because you said you publish every Monday or every other Thursday. It's a podcast is like having a nagging relative that's just never quite satisfied. Like, hey, you haven't called in a while, what's the deal? Or or a dog by the door that's just moaning there waiting to go out which is exactly actually what's happening in my world right now. Uh, So I better take him outside, not only because he's got to go, but because, I mean, it's my turn for a walk, too. Uh, We are still in quarantine, after all, at the time of this recording. So hooray us. Anyways, enjoy this oldie but goodie. We will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode and a whole flurry of brand new three clips and some updates to our format. I'm confident you're going to like what's coming and also confident you're going to like this episode if you haven't heard it yet. See you in two weeks. What if nothing happens? Hey, it's Jay, and it's a reality that many see, but one we can also see past. We see the mundane, the everyday machinations of our industry, of our companies, and of our jobs, and we think, that is the stuff I have to work with the raw material that I'm forced to use and talk about and explore to make my show. And then we go home or go out for a walk, and we hear our favorite podcasters sharing the most incredible stuff about the most incredible things. We can't be them. We don't live that life or have access to that material. Our industry is more boring, or we're just less inspired by our everyday work. My friend Carla Johnson likes to call this brand detachment disorder. It's the tendency to dismiss something as not being relevant or applicable because what we do is different or unique. Carla is talking about the big stuff, the incredible stories that we see from successful people or teams that we admire, and we think, that's just not me. It's not us. I can't learn from them. They're in a different industry. They're in an entirely different context than me, so I, I can't learn from them. I can't even try it. I think there's a close cousin to brand detachment disorder. Call it firsthand fatigue. When we experience something firsthand enough, it starts to feel boring, like nothing is happening. Who could possibly care that much about this stuff? In fact, we're so used to our experiences day to day that we immediately start to detach ourselves from other things that seem exciting. We can't possibly tell a story like our favorite podcasters because we don't experience anything exciting or amazing. Today, we tackle first-hand fatigue, and we do so in a way that honestly might surprise you, by deconstructing one of the most gripping non-fiction podcasts of the last decade, but only focusing on the moments where, if you look hard enough, you realize, wait a second, nothing happened.
1: I want to know how to
2: do the things to do.
1: A thing, a two, a three that only comes from you. Ah,
2: this is Three Clips.
0: Today, we deconstruct Gimlet Media's startup. Startup launched in September of 2014, and it originally documented the launch of Gimlet Media, a very meta, kind of self-referential show. The host, Alex Bloomberg, had left his day job as a producer for shows like This American Life and the role that he had as a co-host and co-creator of Planet Money, and he wanted to start a private, for-profit business dedicated to similar narrative-style podcasts. Startup was the emotional, frustrating, hilarious tale of Alex starting Gimlet Media before it was even called Gimlet Media, and it was documented in real time. It was equal parts recordings in the field and confessional narration. And the show exploded. It helped launch Gimlet Media, which now boasts a network of great shows, and was acquired by Spotify for a reported $230 million. That last part is going to factor heavily into our episode today. Over the years, startup changed hosts from Alex Bloomberg to Lisa Chow, and it started to focus its episodes on companies other than Gimlet, but periodically it would revisit what was happening inside the mothership. And then, towards the end of 2019, it released a long-awaited final season, a short one, but a powerful one, about Gimlet Media, about the Spotify acquisition of the company. And that mini-season is where we find our clips today. Now, because Gimlet's team and sound and style have its roots in public radio, I wanted to pick out a very special transition sound that we can use to head into and out of our clips today, something that sums up the experience of public radio. See, you can actually parody that genre pretty easily if you just increase your gain on your microphone so therein you have a little bit of a fuller, richer voice and You lean forward so you're closer to the microphone and use a soft and soothing voice with a little measured pause after certain words. And so today, our sound is the ubiquitous transition noise throughout public radio, the dulcet tones of the xylophone. (laughs) All right, enough of that. Let's go to the first clip. This is from the earliest moments of the season finale of Startup, and it's actually the series finale, like I said. The episode is titled Exit, and the voice you're going to hear is Alex Bloomberg, the CEO of Gimlet Media and the founder, the co-founder, and the original host of Startup. Now, the context here is that in prior episodes to Exit, listeners heard the story of how Alex and his co-founder, Matt Lieber, had taken a last-minute flight right before Thanksgiving 2018 over to Sweden, and there they met with the CEO of Spotify in this, like, crazy round-trip experience. It took less than a day for them to go there and back to the States, all to meet with the CEO under the guise of of maybe getting acquired. And that's where the show left us. So in this episode, in Exit, Alex opens with a bit of a refresh on those details, and then he says the words you're about to hear. (laughs)
1: And although no one had officially told us this, that trip had the feel of a final hurdle before Spotify made an official offer to buy us. And so, you might be wondering, what's it like to go to Thanksgiving with your entire family, your aunts and uncles and cousins, in the house where you grew up and your parents still live, after just returning from a 22-hour round-trip excursion to Sweden, where you may or may not have passed what may or may not have been the most bizarre oral exam of your entire life? It was fine. Just kidding. It was really weird. My entire family was buzzing with questions. What was it like? What did he say? What did you say? What does this all mean?
0: Okay, pretty enjoyable, right? Holds your attention. But what really went on in that clip? I mean, I would argue it's something pretty mundane, pretty basic. Something happened in the workplace, something we hear about all the time, in this case, a meeting. It was tinged with uncertainty or maybe even the potential of failure. And then others had questions or concerns about what was going on. I mean, how many times does this happen in business? All the time. All the time. And yet, we glaze over that constantly. We rush to make sure everybody thinks that everything is great and we're successful. Or maybe our guests do the same thing when they answer our questions. And so we don't let stuff get tense. But tension is what causes a story to rise. And that rising tension is what creates a narrative arc. I mean really just listen to one small part within this clip where alex builds tension all he does is simply list out some of the things that we might be wondering to raise our anticipation
1: for the answers to increase the tension ever so slightly here's what he does and so you might be wondering What's it like to go to Thanksgiving with your entire family, your aunts and uncles and cousins, in the house where you grew up and your parents still live, after just returning from a 22-hour round-trip excursion to Sweden, where you may or may not have passed what may or may not have been the most bizarre oral exam of your entire life?
0: Now, he could have said, and so you might be wondering, what was that meeting like? But instead, he used that moment to build tension. On the surface, we would totally miss that opportunity, most of us. I, I would totally miss this myself. But Alex, he's such a master, he established some stakes, overtly, and that caused us to lean in. Even if we weren't wondering all those things, he's prompting us to start wondering it. That's the power of suggestion, right? If you weren't thinking it, now you are. I mean, if I say, hey, whatever you do, don't picture a penguin. Now you're picturing a penguin. Also, side note, how awesome are penguins? Anyway, to establish tension in your podcast, You don't need beautiful narration for the episode all the way through. It can be much simpler than the style of production that Alex and his team do. Two options for doing this. Number one, narrate your intro by setting the stakes there. Raise the anticipation, spike the tension, add open-ended questions. Use that intro to be the one place that you narrate to raise tension. Or number two, as an interviewer, because many of us do host interview-based podcasts, in the moment with your interview subject set the scene with a little question preamble. This can help you raise tension there. So you might say something like this. So Alex, you had just gone to X, and it was kinda like Y, and you thought it would be like Z, and and now you're back home, and what was that like? Right, so you're raising tension there. And I didn't do any post-production or any editing. I'm just changing how I approach the asking of the question. No additional resources needed. I call that approach of sharing all those details, putting them in a box. It sounds a little mean or manipulative, but don't worry, it's just manipulative. <laughs> but it's manipulative because it's it's serving the end result, the end product, which only you really care about as the showrunner. If the end product is great, it serves the audience well, it serves your brand well, and of course it serves the guest even better than whatever canned response or generality they were about to share. We're watching out for the final quality product. The reality is, when things get tough, we tend not to talk about them, and things do get tough for everyone all the time, no matter what subject you're interviewing, but we fail to acknowledge that, and so people sound fake or too pithy, like an Instagram influencer, but like, but like the really cheesy kind who spouts all this nonsense and points to how amazing their own life is, so like an Instagram influencer. Okay, so putting them in the box is a technique that you can use to ensure that your guests share specifics when they're so much more likely to not. You can construct a scenario by giving a few details up front. So so just so I understand, you had this meeting in Sweden, so you bought a ticket, flew over the next day, you go straight to their office, and what happened then? I'm building the walls of the box, and then I'm leaving one door open. And if you want to go out, you have to go the direction I want. You have to give me specifics, give me the goods. Now, they might correct you. They might say, actually, that's not what happened. But either way, they're talking about specifics. And you're able to then find the tension, find the intrigue, because you're putting them in a box where they can't help but address it. They can't give you some generality or some pithy Instagram-approved idea. When we have firsthand fatigue, we think we can't possibly tell a story like our favorite podcasters because we don't experience anything that feels like that. And that's why we need to find the tension. And it's everywhere if we know where to look. Alright, for our second clip... I want you to pay attention to just how mundane these details are. I'd argue it's even less of a buildup in this next clip than what Alex talked about in clip number one, and yet also, somehow, they're wildly intriguing and they grip you. That's right, what I'm trying to convey here is that boring stuff at first glance can be intriguing, and mundane details delivered the right way, looked at through the right lens, can be anything but boring. Are you sensing a pattern, my friend? Can I get an amen? Did you did, did you say amen? I, I can't hear. Let's just move on. Okay. To understand the next clip, a little bit of context. This comes from the third to last episode of Startup titled, Our Company Has Problems. In this episode, Alex, the host, has done a really good job of getting us to feel the tension about his relationship with his co-founder, Matt Lieber. Matt is a business guy, former management consultant, and Alex is the storyteller, former public radio producer. And so the two often butt heads around the give and take between telling ambitious, often expensive stories and making money and building a viable business. And that's a tension that has been well established both in this episode and prior episodes of Startup that take you inside of Gimlet. And as things are just starting to look up for Gimlet media, they get past that tension, they start to make money, something even better happens, which is when they get a call from the higher-ups at Spotify. They want to talk to Gimlet about what? It was kind of unclear. Their ideas, where podcast is going. We just want to learn from you is how it was positioned. But somebody with inside info, a banker, contacted Gimlet Media's Matt Lieber and shared what he thought the meeting with Spotify would be about. Matt then tells us, the listener on the episode of Startup, what he was told by that banker.
2: And here's how it's gonna go. You're gonna walk in there. There's gonna be all these people around the table. They're gonna ask you a bunch of questions about Gimlet, how you view podcasting, what's happening with the industry, what's happening with Gimlet specifically, what your ambitions are. Um, and, And then after the meeting's over, you're gonna stand up, you're gonna leave the room, and then someone is gonna pull you aside and say, hey, good meeting. Um, we we would like to talk about acquiring Gimlet, and are you, you know, open to that?
0: So almost nothing happens in that clip, but because a, it was set up with some context before the sequence by Alex on the show and by me just now for you, and because b, Matt the speaker shares a step-by-step explanation of real events, it's somehow intriguing. Because what did he really say? Not much. You're going to have a meeting, it's going to be like this, and then this will happen, and then this will happen, and this. It's pretty understandable stuff and pretty common stuff at that. In fact, in this case, it wasn't even recounting the meeting's real events. When you think about it, it was a person telling Matt what he could expect the meeting would be like playing out the scenario in theory. Regardless, we as people just love following the progression of things. Our minds automatically go, ooh, stuff's happening. I better pay attention because this might lead somewhere good. So the more progression of things, the more sequence of real events that you can share in a podcast, the more addicting that experience is for your listeners. And yes, Matt also says that stuff with a bit of intrigue. He's slow and measured. So you feel like maybe he's building towards something even more grand than you can anticipate. So that's a vote for us using tone of voice and cadence a little bit more forcefully as hosts to again raise tension, to increase anticipation. So for example, if I say something was insane, I should say it like that, insane, instead of something was insane. If I try to build into a somber moment, I should start to wind down just a bit. So tone and cadence really matter. But those are kind of natural if you think about it. When we tell real stories to real friends, we tend to use tone of voice and a good cadence that matches the emotion of what we're saying. It's just that when we write a script or try to riff off the cuff, which I'm kind of doing both of here for you, we lose sight of that ability that we have. So whether it's us using tone of voice and cadence or thanks to our interview skills, our guests, if we go back to the real sequence of real events, those two things tend to come out. Not just tension, but great tone of voice and great cadence. So the lesson here is that capturing a detailed sequence of events, even about stuff that seems boring at first glance, that can still be really intriguing. We don't need anything big or supposedly quote-unquote innovative or outlandish to happen in our work or in our lives. So your job is to ensure that you capture those moments, not theory, not the guests zooming out to 30,000 feet to generalize, not an example that sounds rushed or lacks detail when you say it, get to the specifics, get them out of your guests or share them yourself. Specifics are magical, even if, were you to stop and think about what really happened, they weren't. Okay, let's play the third and final clip because it actually relates to This clip, the second clip, it's from the same episode. It's just a few moments later.
1: Matt heads into Spotify headquarters, visualizing the meeting in his head the way the banker friend said it would go. There'll be lots of people around the table. They'll ask him lots of questions about podcasting. And then someone will pull him aside and say they'd like to talk about acquiring Gimlet. I get there early.
2: I have a big cup of coffee before I walk in. I wear my nicest shirt. I walk in, all those people are around the table, and i the meeting was like an hour and a half, I think, maybe two hours, of just like peppering me with questions, 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 and I answered all of them. So, you know, whatever, the meeting ends, and they're like, thanks for coming in, and I'm like, yeah, good to see you guys, and... They start getting up from the table and I'm like, should I sit? I stay sitting at the table? But they all start getting up and leaving. So I'm like, okay, I'll get up and leave. And I'm like hovering outside the door.
1: Because <laughs> somebody's supposed to come and pull you aside. Yeah, like that, like, that was what Pat was saying was yeah. going to happen.
2: And I just kind of like lingered there being like, where's the person pulling me aside? And I'm like, he's like, do you need something? I'm like, uh, no, no, thanks. See ya. And then I left.
0: <laughs> so nobody came up? No. What this is a story of, really, is nothing. It's a story of nothing. Here's how someone who wasn't adept at storytelling would have said that same little bit of this tale. We had a meeting with Spotify to teach them about podcasting. We thought it could lead to an acquisition, but there was no signal that that was the case by the end of the meeting. And roll credits. Nothing happened. And yet Alex Bloomberg and his team at Gimlet Media, they make this story delicious. And why? Why? because they focus on potential tension that people in the room were feeling. Yes, we want to teach people stuff that happens once you get beyond the tension, once the problem is solved, once somebody's successful. We don't want to dwell on the bad, but we don't get permission to keep talking to people, to keep playing the episode unless we build in that tension, unless people are hooked. And we won't be remembered, no matter how smart our insights are, without making a show that makes people feel. Why do you think the best podcasters in the world, from one individual on a mic, like Seth Godin, who shares a quick story full of tension and questions and uncertainty every time he opens his episode, from people like that, to the giant apparatus of NPR and Wondery and WNYC and Radiotopia and, yes, Gimlet Media, why do you think the best in the business use stories? Because stories grip people. Stories keep people coming back. Stories are natural containers for tension. No tension, no conflict, no stakes, no story. It doesn't need to be an end-to-end beautiful narrative here, but you need stories, examples, sequences of events, even if, as we've heard before here, nothing seemingly big happens at all. We still love it as a listener because we feel the rising tension, because it's about the possibility of something happening. Our imaginations are cooking. Now, one more thing to note about those last two clips where the meeting from Spotify and Gimlet Media took place face to face. Those events happen towards the end of the episode. It's that third to last episode, and both of those clips happen near the end. Now, near the end of the episode is where most of us would let things be beautiful and rainbows and butterflies and no tension whatsoever. We're beyond the tension, right? We're past the conflict, and now we're into the lesson learned and the resolution, and everything is great, and they're successful. And that was pretty much where this episode was heading on startup, if you really think about it. Because before we get to the actual meeting, before we get to those two clips I just played for you, things are starting to look up for Gimlet. In the episode, Alex says that the company is starting to grow, the balance between great quality story and revenue is looking better and better, and Matt and Alex as co-founders have survived yet another grumble match. So things are gaining steam in a positive direction. The thing is... This is where the typical podcast drops all the intrigue, drops all the tension, and yet they don't. What we usually do is what Brene Brown, the author and researcher, calls gold-plated grit. Gold-plated grit is when you say, yeah, you know, we wanted to do X, but then this part was really hard, but then we got through it and everything is better and great and successful. That's basically what most marketers do with most stories. We gold-plate them, or else our guest will try to. We get past the one moment of conflict to make it a good story, and then it's smooth sailing. Which, yes, is far better than presenting no conflict, no tension, which plenty of marketers do too, but the fact is, one moment of conflict stuck in the middle is still gold-plated. We start to lose people. We fail to get them to the end of the episode or to the next episode. Not Startup. Not Alex. They don't say, things were looking up, and then, even better, Spotify called and we got acquired. Which, by the way, is what actually happens in reality. No, instead of saying, now it's all good, they continue to create little moments of tension, little details of doubt, and open-ended questions near the end. And that's what I want us to do more as marketing showrunners. Think of the tension on two levels, the macro and the micro. On the macro level, the flow of your episode, or maybe even your whole season or a certain run of episodes... That macro level should have this arc to it, this narrative rise and fall, even if you're not doing a narrative, right? You need the conflict, and usually it does sit somewhere in the middle. It builds tension to get you going, arriving at a resolution near the end. But then, on the micro level, throughout everything, the intro to intrigue people, the ending to hype them up, and all the moments in between, on that micro level, insert little moments of tension, little bits of conflict, and then get to the next bit of the story. So this happened but then this, which meant that, that happened, but then that, which led to here, but then this happened. It's this this give and take between something's uncertain, and then here's the answer, and something's uncertain again, and then here's the answer. Those are the micro moments of tension. It doesn't have to be this grand narrative. It can be as short as that one word, but. This happened, but then this, which meant that, but then this, which meant that, but then this. Increase the tension to create an irresistible show, not just in the macro version of storytelling, but in the little moments. Not in a fabricated way. Don't become a talking clickbait headline. Don't overhype something that never deserved it. But do what Alex does. Look for the moments where things were uncertain or problematic. Capture sequence of events that really happened and constantly fold together, little moments of conflict or questions with the resolution to those things over and over and over again to get people intrigued and get them to the next step of the story. Because remember, we have one golden rule when we make a podcast. Get them to the end. We can do that with what we say. We can do that with how we say it, our tone. But make no mistake, we have to do that. Fight first-hand fatigue there's interestingness all around you. You just have to be willing to look for it, often in the most uncomfortable places and moments. Find the tension, use the tension, craft an amazing show. Thank you for listening. Every time you do, you're supporting an independent show built by independent creators. This episode happened to be produced, written, and hosted all by me, Jay Conzo. but I'm thankful for the support of producers like Andrea Muraskin and Cherie Turner. Original theme music by Cardboard Rocket Chip, an independent folk band out of New York City. We run new episodes of 3 Clips at least at this moment in time every other Monday morning, but you can keep in touch with me every single week because every Friday morning I send my newsletter, Playing Favorites one new idea or concept I've learned or technique I've picked up on to help you create your audience's favorite content. I also provide a roundup of other good stuff that we've published all around our ecosystem at Marketing Showrunners. So You can subscribe using a link in the show notes or head over to marketingshowrunners.com and click subscribe. You'll be in great company with creators from brands like Red Bull, Adobe, and the New York Times and thousands of small businesses, entrepreneurs, and freelancers. Again, all these links are in the show notes. All right, that's it for this rerun of an old episode. I am Jay Akunzo, and I believe, I believed it then, I believe it now, I'm gonna believe this with our new episodes coming up. The work that you and I do is not about who arrives. It's about who stays. So maybe we should spend less time trying to grab attention and more time trying to hold it, trying to produce experiences worth people's time. So thank you for staying with me, and I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode of the show. Bye bye. What if nothing happens? Is that, is that really the question I'm starting this episode with? What if nothing happens? I would love if nothing is happening. It's 2020, which has been like 20 different 2020s all in one. I would love if nothing happened. Come on.